Hello and welcome to another episode of Inside the Digital Health and Sales Locker Room. I'm your host, Josh Pappas. Episode number 13 features Jen Allen from Lavender. Jen leads the community growth and partnerships at Lavender. She also co-founded the community Social Social. Episode number 13 is action-packed with actionable sales tips. Enjoy and make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Jen from Lavender AI. Welcome, Jen. And uh, we, we start off here at the Inside the Digital Health and Sales Locker Room with a little bit of the origin story of who you are, who you work with, um, and how you got into sales. Yeah. So thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be with you today. Um, I was not one of those little kid hustlers, like standing on the corner doing a lemonade stand or, you know, shilling Girl Scout cookies, thinking like sales is my passion. I was definitely part of the, the camp of people who never wanted to go into sales and sort of fell into it. So my origin story was truly just, I was living outside of State College, Pennsylvania, because I went to Penn State. I stayed there a year after to do a job in event management wanted to get out of there. And my, one of my college roommates said, Hey, I'm working at this company, corporate executive board. It's really cool. People are smart. People are fun. You should come here. And I was just like, yes, anything. Yes. To get me into a city and out of where I've like always lived. So I started there in Oh four and, um, ended up working for a really phenomenal manager who was the reason I kind of stuck through it. And 18 years later, I spent my entire career in sales. That's awesome. Uh, side side question to that: If you do, you have a favorite moment, uh, Penn State moment or State College moment? Um, that oh you my can, gosh! You, know, you can go back. <laughs> yes. So when I was there, which was ninety nine to oh three, we um, got into the Sweet Sixteen. I think we beat Temple. I'm a terrible alumni, by the way, but I think we beat Temple. And at the time, I was living in like this major intersection of the town where everybody would go to like the frats were behind us and then all the bars were on the street. And so we jumped off of our balcony onto the street to be part of like this riot that was going on. And I walked up peacefully to the front of the line just to see it because I little Jen had never seen a riot and I got pepper sprayed in the face and it was on the front page of our college newspaper. Fortunately, I like turned my head so they couldn't see it. They started expelling all of these kids that were in that newspaper picture. And I, I managed somehow to get out of it. So if anyone's listening from the administration there, please pretend you didn't hear I this. Think, yeah, I, I, I think statute of <laughs> limitations, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure, I'll make sure and submit a uh, information request and we'll, it will, and that'll really go viral. Uh, we'll be able to uh, use some, some promos. Um, no, I had a similar story. I, you know, I remember, football, basketball, having to sell these little pizza cards and, um, you know, dreading it and telling my mom, I'm never going to do this. I'm going to be a coach. Uh, so is it a funny full circles had a yes. similar experience? Well, excited to dig in a little bit, um, on all the different topics, but, uh, we start here with kind of an impact story. So, uh, I'm in healthcare sales. So typically we kind of, you know, talk about the impact on the patient or the health system, but, um, we're going to do a little bit of a spin here and, uh, kind of talk about, you know, how sales can have an impact, or at least, you know, in your career, you've seen, um, you know, sales or working with customers or salespeople and, and how you've seen it kind of impact, um, someone else. Yeah. So I'll tell a story very recent when I joined Lavender in January and one of the first customers of ours that I met was a woman named Katie Penner at a company called Sendosa. They're a gifting platform that you probably know of. Um, and Katie was an SDR leader. So she was managing the folks on the team that were doing the cold calling. And when she came into role, the team was really struggling to hit their activity metrics. Like who isn't? 
especially right now. And so when she started using lavender, what she found was that only that was the team able to hit their activity metrics, which provided a much greater level of motivation. But I think the really cool part of the story is because her performance was so incredible, Katie got promoted. I think she's dead four times in two years. And, you know, obviously like there's always the wins that you care about in terms of impact on the business. But I think across my career, my, my favorite wins, my favorite impact stories are when someone was able to move their career forward as a result of using whatever I was selling. So Katie's a doll and I'm just, she just got another promotion actually at the beginning of this month. So she's not slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think that we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but I, I have seen firsthand, you know, lots of different technologies. It's not the sole reason, right? Usually it's the individual, but there are some ways to almost kind of supercharge whether that's, you know, the growth individual or company level. Um, totally. well, good. Well, so we'll switch gears here. Um, and, uh, this is a fun segment, uh, cause we have lots of, lots of fun, different, um, <laughs> you know, stories here, but, uh, we do kind of a top and, and bottom sales story. So, um, you know, whichever, whichever way you want to take it top or bottom, but, uh, usually this gets some, uh, you know, some, some funny responses. Okay. So we'll start with the bottom cause that's where we all start. Um, this was probably six, seven years ago. I had just moved over to the challenger business where we were selling like multi-million dollar, you know, big transformational professional services deals. And there was a logo, I won't name names, that came in as an inbound. And I was beyond geeked because I knew if I could land this logo, like that would just look really, really good. It would be a really cool win. And so I, like many of us have, I neglected to consider how the person that was championing this may help or hurt me, right? And so this was someone that was demonstrating all the characteristics we don't want to see, right? Like calling me at 11 o'clock at night being like, I need this PDF tomorrow and it needs to have these 75 things. And I would just respond to everything and do everything as quickly as possible. Crazy wacko requests that I wasn't seeking context for. And ultimately after spending about seven months working this, I realized this is probably the wrong champion. And I made a fatal, fatal error, which is I went above his head and I sent an invitation to an event that we were hosting that was meant to be educational in nature. And I described it in the email, but because my email was long, the person didn't read it, felt like we were trying to pay for their business because it was at a really fancy golf course, even though the whole event was meant to be like a, a best practice sharing event. And mm -hmm. he forwarded along and said, who is this? And why are we having these conversations? And then my boss, actually my head of sales, which is my second level boss, got a phone call from the champion I was working with. And he went on to just absolutely destroy me and say, I had no ethics. I had no morals. I was the worst salesperson he'd ever been to. And then I, they hang up. I get a call from my manager or my head of sales right after that and said, you're about to get a call in five minutes. This person is really unhappy with you. You just got to like bite your tongue and take it. And sure enough, this guy called me and just railed into me to the point where I actually, I'm like, I consider myself kind of a tough person. I was weeping on the phone and I had to finally just say enough, enough. I get your message enough. And then hung up. Obviously never won that business. That was a huge waste of time. Um, but yeah, I would say that was probably the worst of, of the worst for me. Yeah. Any, 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 any big takeaways or learnings? I mean, I, I know I've had that similar experience and it's almost like you learn, or at least me, I, I've applied and learned more from that than maybe even, even the wins, but I don't know if you felt the same way. 
Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Three big things on that is one, um, recognize early and often if your champion is is exhibiting irrational signals that like they're unclear of what they want or need to move the conversation forward. So I should have learned, I should have known that month two, right? Arguably month one. Um, Second big learning was be so, so thoughtful about how you go above someone's head if and when you do it. Like what I've done since then is if I feel like I have to go above someone's head, I have the conversation with them first and I will outline in their best interests, why that makes sense. And if they reject it, one, I don't actually have a champion. Two, it means I may not have a deal. And so it just forces me to be more more considerate of like where my deal actually is and also more respectful of like the person I've been working with. So big lesson there. And then three is, man, if you're going to invite someone to an event <laughs> at a fancy golf course, make sure the bottom line is up front and you're very crystal clear that this is not an event to pay for their business because that came out all wrong. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, let's talk about some of the, uh, you know, some of the high notes, right? So what what was one that stands out? Um, I know you shared the one earlier, which is super impactful, but, um, what would you kind of put on that, um, that top plateau? Yeah. Also while at challengers, those highs and lows, um, when I moved over in that business, I was about six months in and I got a lead from a company that was already almost at the end stage of making a decision on sales methodology. And they were just reaching out to us because they wanted our advice on who they should pick. So they kind of a misunderstanding of what we did. And in that call, I was able to get them to stop and realize through reframing what problem they thought they needed to solve for, that they were actually solving for a symptom of a problem, not the real root cause of the problem. And as a result, even though they were at the end stage of being ready to pick a supplier, they backed it up, they brought me in and I closed, I think it was like a $1.3 million deal. And this was seven months into this new job, which was just like as good as it gets, right? When you're selling and you're just trying to prove yourself in year one. Um, and then went on to sell them another $2 million deal the the following year. So that was like, hi, hi, compared to my very it's low always, it, it, it's, it's always nice to be able to, you know, in the same company, right? Because sometimes you don't necessarily get the highest of highs <laughs> and the lowest of lows in the same company. It's sometimes a little bit of a delayed gratification. But um, yeah. yeah, when that docu- when that type of DocuSign comes in there, you usually remember when, where, uh, you know, the, the, the world oh, stops yeah. for a little bit. So <laughs> kudos, kudos to you. Um, well, good. No, no, it's great stories. And um, you know, so we'll switch over to another segment that we do. It's called kind of the Mount Rushmore of sales leaders. So um, normally these are people that, you know, either currently or in the past have kind of impact who you are as a, as, as a sales professional. Yeah. So we'll start number one, Jesse Dingwell. She was my very first manager in sales. I spoke about her briefly when we first started on the origin story. She was just a force and I didn't know what sales was. I didn't think it was going to be anything I took seriously. But after watching her, I was like, I know I want to be like her. So she definitely was who I attribute like my passion for sales coming from. Um, two would be uh, my managing director at the time. So when my manager left, I put my name in the hat to backfill her role, even though I was only there six months. And my managing director was like, you're nuts. You're like basically brand new here, but she gave me an opportunity to prove myself. And I did. And that I think gave me a lot of confidence throughout my career. I ended up getting the job, gave me confidence to ask for things that I probably 
wasn't always ready for, but would demonstrate like a sincere commitment to figuring out. So that'd be number two. Her name was Lily Rager. Um, Number three would be my boss at Challenger, Kevin Hart. He was one of those managers that was always, always direct in feedback. He taught me the importance of saying things that sometimes we don't want to hear if it's going to make that person better. I could always count on him to tell me the things that I needed to do to get better. And I just had complete trust working for him. So Kevin Hart. And then um, the last one would be a woman by the name of Amy Volos. So Amy is actually someone I met from when I was doing the Challenger podcast. And she is, when I left Challenger, I was contemplating kind of going out my own. And she was just massively helpful in giving me not just the confidence to leave and kind of invest and lean into myself, but also making introductions for me that really changed where I am today. I wouldn't be at Lavender without her. So four really awesome people at different, very different stages in my career. No, those are, those are great. And, and some of the common themes when we've been asking this question is sellers, and I'm sure there's been studies on there, but you know, that first manager can kind of really make or break, I think, um, you know, that, that, that early career, right? Because I had a similar experience and, um, you know, again, we talked about going up to Chicago or Deerfield, or, you know, whatever, wherever they told me I was going to go uh, when I when I had no idea, you know, my Joseph Bank base, bank suit. Um, but yeah, that first manager just kind of really does shape your world for 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 good or bad uh, based on some other people's experience. Um, so that's a that's quite an impressive list because I love everything that Amy does on uh, on LinkedIn as well. So yeah. I definitely should give her a follow. Um, well, good. Now we're now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. Uh, so you're kind of, you know, near Chicago. So we do, it's probably one of the mo- more popular segments. Uh, so we're going to do the MJ versus LeBron debate, um, you know, in a sales sales twist. Um, so we got to, I'm really interested in this topic. So uh, we're going to dig in AI assisted outreach versus kind of AI generated outreach, which is uh, some of your sweet spots. So, um, and then, you know, I'm sure you're sure you have strong feelings on MJ versus LeBron regular, but um, yeah, I'd love to dig in and get your expertise. Uh, Cause I think this is uh, only an increasing hot topic in the world of sales. Absolutely. So first of all, of course I pick MJ. I would be excommunicated from Chicago if I didn't, I did see LeBron. <laughs> like a year or two ago here. And that was really cool. You got to give the credit where credit is due, but definitely MJ. Um, okay. So the topic we were going to talk about is like AI as doing the job for sellers versus assisting the sellers in their job. And I've got a very, yeah. very, very strong point of view on this, right? And this is part of what brought me to Lavender. I think what we've seen in the last three months with chat GPT, for kind of coming out and just blowing people away with what it's capable of has really picked up the pace on this narrative around, you know, are we going to even need salespeople and SDRs and inside salespeople in this world when something like this is so smart? Um, And the philosophy that Lavender has that I really attach to is that AI can be an assistant. It can be a coach, but the human element of our writing is always going to be a differentiator. Right. And there's a quote, actually, Nate Nasrallah, who's another great voice in sales that I just learn from all the time. He shared a quote the other day that I'll probably butcher, but it was something like writing is the process through which we figure out what we don't know. And that really spoke to me because I think if something is doing the job for me, let's say it's writing an initial cold email for me and I get that meeting or that person calls me on the phone, says, got your email. What's this about? 
I'm going to be completely caught off guard. But the process of doing the work to understand who am I reaching out to? Why am I reaching out to? What's the compelling reason for them to want to meet with me is teaching me while I'm going. And I think if we just wholeheartedly throw ourselves into AI will do it for us, I get very worried about what the skill level of salespeople will be in the next five years, right? Like how do you become a great AE? It's many times it's because you were, you went through the the struggles of being a bad SDR and you figured it out and you got to where you are. How do you become a great sales manager? Well, it's the process of losing and doing things that don't work and then learning and then being super passionate about teaching that stuff to others. So my philosophy here aligns totally with Lavender's, which is like, we shouldn't fight AI. It absolutely has the ability to help us. But if we rely on it to replace the sales profession or the marketing profession, I, I think the people that don't will actually come out on top. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'd love your perspective because it is such a hot you know, topic. So what are you kind of seeing, um, call it out, out in the field, working with companies, working with individuals, you know, with, with, within your lavender prism, now that you've been there, um, seasoned veteran and startup uh, in, in the startup <laughs> you know, years? Um, yeah, because it's, 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 it's a super hot topic. I mean, I think that there's, there's a lot to be you know, determined on it. But uh, what do you kind of see in the pulse of, you know, say now, you know, now that it's been you know, a couple months into this whole, you know, chat GPT? Yeah, you know, it's such a tricky thing to navigate because I've had prospects um, that have come to me and said, look at this amazing email that chat GPT wrote for me, right? And then first of all, the things like 600 words, it's like, or screen scrolls, right? It starts with, I hope you're well, which makes every buyer nauseous when they hear that. And it just makes all these errors. And you can look at it and say, hey, you know, it's a well-written written piece of content. But I think for most of us at this stage, and I'm not saying it won't get better, but at this stage, you can still kind of tell that it's not written by a human, right? There's just something that you see. I see this all the time now in LinkedIn DMs. I'm like, no way is this a real person. And so it's lacking the thing that makes people want to connect, which is that human element, right? So where I see it being really powerful is think about if you're selling to a large enterprise, right? And they have an annual report and you can copy and paste the annual report in and say, Hey, tell me these three things. Like what are their big three sales priorities for the year? Fabulous. Right? Like I would take that all day long over having to sit there and read a 100 page report. But I think it's that, it's that jump to saying, well, let it write for me that I think is where we run into a lot of potential risks for how we develop our own skills that make us far better as sellers. Yeah, and, and maybe touch on a little bit, um, you know, for those that are uh, unfamiliar with Lavender, was you know was, was part of this journey, um, you know, from the founder's perspective, and and, and and you joining. Obviously, this predated you know the ChatGPT and all of this you know different aspect, but kind of talk a little bit about you know even founding the company and what was that 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 mission um, to to even begin the company, um, you know, for for sellers and just in general. Yeah, I mean, their mission was to help sellers stop sending emails that suck, right? Emails that make your buyers hit delete, that make your buyers roll their eyes, that make your buyers hit forward and say like, look how bad this email is. I've written those emails. I know I have, right? We've all done that in sales, but we shouldn't have to go through that big of a learning curve to get there faster. So the whole notion behind it was we analyze millions of emails every month to understand what are things that happen inside of an email that make you get a lower reply rate. So it's like, 
stuff that I used to screw up all the time. Like I would sit there and I would look at an annual report and I'd be like, I'm going to write a thesis statement on this thing. I wasn't invited to the inbox, right? So I might be on the right track, but it's so high effort for a buyer to read it that length is actually a deterrent. There's really shocking things like subject lines, right? I always thought you have to be so clever with your subject lines. When I came here, I learned it's actually better if you are intentionally boring. Like you want like one to three words. You want no numbers, no punctuation, no emojis, because think about the emails we open up from our peers. It's like update Salesforce, uh, expense report overdue, right? Like that's the kind of things that are pattern recognition that this is an internal email. If I'm like, I can 10 times your growth, I would never send that if I'm trying to get a seller to update their CRM. I'd just be like, update your CRM. And so things like that, I think were really fascinating for me personally, because I'm like, wow, it's not anybody's opinion. We're actually looking at what is truly affecting reply rates in the inbox from a a data perspective. Yeah, no, and I, I remember when I came across Lavender initially, right? Um, you know, we talked a little bit about before we jumped on, you know, working, if not the first sales employee uh, among the first sales employee. And a lot of it was just how do I do, you know, more with just me, right? And and then also, yeah. too, it, it, it's it's always, I think the other aspect of, of what I like Lavender, too, is you know, some of this is, is scalable, right? It, it's, it's scalable once you do get a team because there's going to be certain intangibles that, you know, Josh or Jen is going to be able to do to push deals forward, which is great. But uh, that evaluation and that VC money doesn't <laughs> rely on that, right? It's being able to take <laughs> things that are truly scalable forward um, and be able to, you know, build some good hygiene around, okay, if this, you know, if this is great, you know, can it go with 10 people or 20 people as, as you kind of scale the sales team? And that's what I like about, you know, Lavender kind of in conjunction with some other tools is being able to, you know, create that, you know, scalability, but also keeping the personalization to, to your, to your, to your earlier point. Thank um, you. Appreciate yeah. That. So, and, and then, you know, I guess, you know, any, in, in, any predictions, I mean, are you guys, you know, seeing just in general, is this going to be, Hey, by the end of 2023, this whole landscape is going to be completely different. Is it going to take longer? You know, some of that I'm sure is you know, tough to predict or to be determined, but um, you know, as, as you've kind of worked, uh, what are your, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, kind of a, you know, six months forward to a couple of years forward in this space? I mean, I would have given you a much more confident answer two months ago, like having seen the next, the last two months and being like, holy, like every company is introducing some sort of AI element to its solution. So I think the one thing I know for sure is that we will be seeing the unexpected and the surprise. But I do think in the past few years, the um, introduction of a lot of tools like sales engagement platforms that allow sellers to send massive amounts of emails with the click of a button have really made sales fall into this like very noisy, irrelevant place, right? Because we now have the technology to make it easy to do that. I don't think it's any what any of those companies want to see their users doing with it, but that's the unfortunate reality of how many of us have abused these technologies. So my belief is we will probably go through a period where now it's like, oh, we can write better emails and send them to 50,000 people a day by just throwing this into chat GPT. So I think we'll hit another trough with that. And then we'll see waning to effect- effectiveness of that. And then we'll come back out of it. And I believe we will see a resurgence of personalized, relevant emails. But I think we're probably going to have a lot of companies who want to hit the easy button and say like, let's just try to do this and get away with it. And if we can, great. If we can't, then we'll go back to doing what we probably believe we should have done from the start. So that's my prediction. Don't hold me to it. 
No, no, I, I, I like the prediction and I think it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, to see. And, um, I, the, the one, one of, one of the key elements I think is going to be that reply versus, you know, there was lots of noise on, you know, click through or open and, you know, those could be good indicators. Right. But I think that the challenge now is, you know, some of that is, is when you're sending that many, I mean, you're going to, yeah, you're going to get some opens and clicks. Right. But I think that ultimately, um, you know, not that it wasn't important prior to that, but, you know, the, a true human reply, whether it's a reply to that email or reply to, um, you know, a phone call in real life is going to, you know, matter, matter more, but also to be super valuable because if you can get a reply, you're probably going to be ahead of, you know, the 10 other companies in your space for sure. Totally. Um, yeah. Well, good. So I guess on that, on that note, um, you know, from an advice to a rookie sales rep, so the landscapes change, um, you know, since you started, but you know, any, in, in, we have a lot of people that kind of, you know, come on here that are either a trying to break into sales from outside of sales, um, or break into it, um, you know, straight out, straight out of school. So any, any, any advice you'd have to, um, some of those, and I know some of what you guys are doing, maybe touch a little bit on what you're doing for just in general, uh, job seekers uh, at Lavender. Yeah. So I'll touch on that and then I'll touch on another piece that has nothing to do with Lavender. So with Lavender, we actually make it free for anyone who is a job seeker or a student because probably the hardest sell you make is the sell of yourself to your future employer. And so the way that job seekers use it is when they're writing emails to try to cut through the noise in the hiring manager's inbox, we're making sure that email that you send, you feel 100% confident sending it because you know you're not making any of these mistakes that hurt your reply. So anyone who's interested in taking advantage of that, there are no hoops to jump through. Literally just go to lavender.ai. You fill out a form that says I'm a job seeker. You get your free access for as long as it takes you to get a job. So no strings attached. Um, the second thing would be sales communities. Like I look at just the wealth of information that is out there right now. Like if I think about like, Josh, when you and I first started selling, like none of that stuff existed right now, even just today, when I was scrolling through my LinkedIn, I saw like four LinkedIn lives or webinars where I'm like, this is crazy that this is free, right? You used to have to pay or go to a company that had training to get training. Now there is zero barrier to learn how to sell before you're ever in a sales job. And so communities, especially when you mentioned people who are trying to break into sales, like if you're trying to break into SaaS, um, I'm a huge fan of Darren McKee and Eric McKee over at SaaS Pros. They broke out of non-sales backgrounds and they're helping other people do the same thing. So I think recognize that sales communities, most of them are free. Um, the ones that are not are often very high quality and worth the money. Um, Better Together by Amy Volos is another one, but like really do your research to figure out what can I enable myself to learn before I ever step foot on the, the job day one, because you will differentiate yourself by what you bring to that company on day one versus just walking in saying like, I don't know anything, like what do you got to teach me? Um, so definitely le leverage that. Yeah, well, on the, on, the, on the lavender side, I think it's incredible. And uh, you know, any of my listeners or just in general, if you see this, I think you, you should definitely take advantage of that because that is a um, amazing resources. But I completely agree. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily um, you'd probably be here today if it wasn't for um, the growing amount of not only the sales community. And it, it can be difficult and daunting, right? Because, you know, you kind of go and you look and you're like, what the heck is an SDR? What is an AE? What are all these acronyms? You know, I'm yeah. a health so we thought we had a lot of acronyms, but um, <laughs> I, I, 
I think I think it's just you know being able to pick one and, and, and go in there and fully immersing it. Um, but then also too, I think the, the other challenges is being able to um, get you know get just just be able to get some of that. It's hey, it might not pay off now, but you know in six years, you know if I close a million dollar deal, right? Like think about that 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 type of investment. Very few times in your life can you invest something free and then in six years get a you know thousand percent ROI. And I'm not even. <laughs> You know, a math, a math guy, but even I know that that's pretty good. But like, that's the type of impact it can have if you if you do want to go down this you know this dark path. But now within there, there's a lot of skeletons and things you got to deal with. But um, it's great advice. Um, so I guess this will be a, um, a you know tech booster. So uh, other than what you guys kind of do on a great um, your perspective, um, what's a sales tool in your mind you either couldn't live without or something new that you've tried um, that's helped you in your day to day. Yeah. So obviously lavender, I love, I've talked a lot about lavender, so I'll give another one. Um, I am actually a really, really big fan of Canva, which might not feel like a sales tool. However, I think as we look at what's happening in the sales space, you and I were talking about this before we jumped on. Um, when I was at Challenger, they did a, a study that showed that 83% of the buying group's time is actually spent without the seller. So if you're in healthcare and you're seeing that decision, you know, making role, go up to the C-suite or if you're selling really anything like that's happening. CFOs are getting more involved in more deals. Oftentimes the sales conversation is happening when we are not in the room. And so this is why I'm so bullish on becoming more skilled at writing, but also the presentation of that. And I think Canva is one of those tools and I'm like, my gosh, I know I'm not a graphic designer, but it makes me feel like I'm a graphic designer. And sometimes half the battle is just making it visually appealing. So people want to open up your leave behind, your, you know, deck, whatever it may be. Um, so I'm actually a mega, mega fan of that as someone who just started using it in December. No, I, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because I, you know, I, I, I aspire to be decent at PowerPoint, but luckily working for all these VC backed companies, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we have somebody close by or a consultant that is going to be, uh, I, I'm willing to say I'm not very good at anything in my life. Like some of those people are at building PowerPoints. So, um, but taking <laughs> to a next, a next step, particularly in healthcare, it's, it's making it look good, but then also to aligning it to how, um, you know, I, I think one of the one of the best advice is uh, I forgot what manager gave me, but when selling into the C suite is like make it look good to you know some of the people, CEO of the hospital, but then also to make it look as ugly as possible, but in the same language in Excel as the CFO of the hospital, right? And how do yes. you present oh, those that's two good. exact exact same pieces of data in those two ways, right? Because if it's if it if it looks too good to the CFO, he or she might not even uh, look at it. So I'm um, off oh, to check that out. Oh, that is killer! Way to drop a good bomb at the end. There. I love that. <laughs> there you go. Right. Well, you talked a little bit about, but where can people kind of, you know, find, find you or, you know, maybe if you want to touch a little bit about just, you know, the overall team that you guys, the Rockstar team, you guys are building at, at Lavender. So um, wow. I'll let you spend the last, the last part. Um, we have the kind of the on the clock sales plug. So um, tell everybody about, you know, all, all the great things going on at Lavender. Yeah. So um, anybody can try it for free, full function for seven days. You just go to lavender.ai and then it's a Chrome installation. So it's a super easy thing to install. Um, so I'd encourage everybody to check it out, write some cold emails, write some cadences and sequences, write some email campaigns and just see what you get back. If you like it, maybe you pay for it. Um, the team that we're building here is truly one of the biggest reasons that I came. So prior to me joining the company was about six people. They brought on four of us to stand up a marketing team. Um, so you've got Will Aiken, who was the uh, evangelist at sales speed, which was like 
some of the funniest content I ever saw. And he's doing really awesome, fun ways to learn about email. Um, you've got Chelsea Castle who came from Chili Piper and is doing just, I, I always thought blogs were like the more, most boring thing on earth. And now I literally bookmark them and I share them on LinkedIn. I never thought I would do that before. She writes brilliant, helpful content. And then um, Todd, who is like all things marketing here, he does the funniest videos ever and he's working on a sales academy for email, which is going to be really cool. Um, and then last person or last people are our two founders are super active on LinkedIn, Will Balance, Will Allred, and they are constantly sharing things that are meant to be helpful to people who are saying, I'm just not getting great coaching about cold email or email in general. Um, so definitely some people to follow if you're into LinkedIn and that kind of thing. Well, fantastic, Jen. Thanks for being on. Um, we'll have to, um, you know, do the do the parts two or three at some point and bring the bring the entire band in there. But um, appreciate you sharing yeah. your insight, and uh, we'll make sure everybody uh, has in the in the show notes um, all the access. Um, but uh, it, it was great connecting. Oh my gosh, you are so great at this. I had so much fun. Thank you for asking me questions that like no one's ever asked before. By the way, that's the hardest part about podcasting, and you killed it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. Special thanks to Jen from Lavender for joining us and dropping so much sales knowledge. Make sure to follow Lavender AI, whether you're looking to just elevate your cold outreach email game. But if you're also a job seeker, make sure to check out their free resource to help you land your dream job. Coming next week, special episode where we feature some of the leaders in marketing, both inside healthcare and outside healthcare. And we really dig into the age old debate of sales versus marketing. Stay tuned for that. And make sure to register for the Young Health Leaders Summit. In the show notes, there is a coupon code, but a great way to be able to level up your networking game. Thanks.